0: Hello and welcome to the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Madison Taylor and on today's episode we are chatting all things Women's Championship, a blow for Man City in the Champions League and obviously not forgetting about the incredible summer that saw the England Lionesses bring home the 2022 European Championship trophy. On today's lineup of guests, I am joined by the amazing football journalist and owner of the FAWSL full-time magazine, Dan Pentman. Hey Dan, you all right?
1: Yeah, good, thanks. Hope you are too.
0: Been watching the football. How have you been?
1: Yeah, good. Um, yeah, enjoyed the Euros, but delighted now, I suppose. The, the domestic stuff starting, it's the stuff I look look forward to, I suppose, most of all.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And uh, obviously going to the Euros, the self-proclaimed biggest and best women's European championship, definitely lived up to its billing, crowned by England winning the trophy on home turf at a sold-out Wembley. Dan, sometimes I struggle with putting into words how amazing this summer was for women's football and women in general. And if I t- talk about it too much, it sometimes can make me a bit emotional. But Dan, as someone who's passionate about the women's game, how did you feel in the moment when the when the Lionesses lifted that European trophy?
1: I'll be honest, it was amazing. It was like, you know, I mean, I've, I've only been in the game about four years, but the people who've been in... You know, a decade, you know, there's been the only people in the press box and that sort of thing. You know, it's been, it was absolutely crazy. It was, you know, it felt like all the hard work for everybody paid off. And yeah, I must admit, there was a few people wanting to kind of time me in my seat when I celebrated the second goal. Probably the first as well, to be honest. But yeah, what a, a fantastic occasion. And, and hopefully, you know, we'll kick on now.
0: Yeah. And Dan, you actually put a tweet out during the tournament, which I thought was really important for people to hear and see. You said, for those watching the Lionesses, maybe for the first time last night, all of these stars are professional players who represent professional clubs. Please don't drop us. Come and support the women's club game in 2022 and 2023. The high quality will again surprise you. How important is it to get people down to their local women's teams?
1: Absolutely. It's massive. I mean, you know, we we can't forget that these players have got clubs and I don't want people to just, you know, follow England for England. You know, we've got some cracking cracking clubs. We've got some of the best players in the world, not just England, but, you know, from across Europe and across the world playing in our league. And, you know, there's some great games. You know, if you can't be excited to watch a Chelsea team full of multinational players or, you know, even dropping down at the championship like we saw yesterday and, you know, we're going to chat about, you know, the, the competition and the quality is there. You know, I, I, to be honest, I understand perceptions because I think when I was younger... I always remember kind of the FA Cup finals where Arsenal would turn up and they'd be held head and shoulders above anybody else. And, you know, the other team would just try and stay in the game, if you like. But, you know, it's not like that anymore. It's changed. And, um, you know, hopefully people will see that. And, you know, you really do need to go and sample it, you know, at club level.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I like how you mentioned as well that, like, it drops down further than the WSL. It's, it's not it's not just your big teams, like your Arsenal and your Man City. It's championships teams. It's the North, the South division. There's so many local women's teams out there that you can go and support. It doesn't have to be your local WSL team. It could be your local grassroots women's football team because that's where it all starts and that's where the support that's where the support comes from and that's that's what's going to progress the women's the women's game even further.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I look at Sunderland and obviously you know, the amount of England players who've come from the northeast, or, you know, I think Beth Mead, obviously Whitby as well, I think, you know, the, you the lot of these, a lot of these players are kind of like, you know, from local communities, they're not, you know, a lot of them haven't come out of the big cities. Um, you know, it, it's every, every lioness has a story, but you're right, you know, the further down the pyramid you go, the quality is there. And, you know, I think it's important at, at a time, you know, I look at my son and whether I can take him to a men's game of football and, you know, it's it's so expensive these days for the product that you're watching. Um, You know, a family of four can probably go and watch a women's game for, you know, 15, 20 quid. It's, it's unbelievable, but, you know, you, you'll get entertained as well. And, you know, it, it's great for the kids. It's great for families. The players are always there, delighted for your support. They'll sign autographs. They'll meet you after. It's just a fantastic atmosphere. And, you know, something that I really hope kicks on and, you know, clicks with people after the Euros.
0: Yeah, and you spoke about quality there, Dan. Now on to some real quality football. We had the Women's Champions League, where Man City beat Kazakhstani side Tom Reds Turin to set up a meeting with Real Madrid last night. Former City player Caroline Weir's left-footed strike after 15 minutes led to a 1-0 defeat, which leaves City out of the next round. Now, Dan, a frustrating night for City. Gareth Taylor said in his post-match interview, City now need to go on and focus on on winning the league. Can you see them claiming the WSL title this season? I think
1: they've got a chance. I think they'll push further than they did last year. Um, You know, I I think he signed well over the summer. He obviously he's he's gone kind of on a different route in terms of recruitment. Maybe it's not you know based on English players as much. He's brought in a lot of Spanish talent or talent you know which have played in the Spanish league. Um, so you know they, they look stronger particularly in defence where they picked up a lot of injuries last year Um, Bunny Shaw's going to get a lot of goals for them obviously Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly are going to be big players Um, so you know I, I think they've got a chance can they catch Chelsea I mean you know Chelsea are a world-class team that's going to be really really tough but you know I think City have got a shout for second and you know if they can put some early momentum together there's every chance that they can stay in the title race and um, the only question I have really is you know, your match winner last night, Carolyn Weir, I think Gareth said after the game that, you know, maybe they lost it in the midfield battle for a period. Um, you know, have they sufficiently signed a player in that particular position on the pitch? I'm not so sure that might be where, you know, they've, you know, they might fill it before they start the season. But I just feel like if there's a weakness in the team, it's possibly that kind of, you know, iconic goal-scoring central midfielder that they maybe haven't picked up.
0: Yeah, and hopefully, like you said, they potentially could pick someone up before the end of the, the transfer window. But but who knows? Um, a little round-up of the action last night anyway. Saw so Swansley, League, Glasgow City all out of round one in the Champions League. Scottish champions Rangers beat Palk away 4-0 with goals from standing captain Nicola Doherty, Hannah Davison, Lizzie Arnott and an own goal. This secured the Scottish champions their place in the two-legged playoffs for Europe's Premier Club competition. Win that and they secure a very valuable place in the group stages. Now, the championship was back underway this weekend and what a feeling it is to have it back after what an incredible summer it's been with women's football. Uh, Southampton versus Charlton kicked off our championship weekend at St Mary's and won 2-0 thanks to Emily Simpkin's goal from the penalty spot on 22 minutes and Melissa Johnson rounded the score sheet off with a second goal two minutes into the second half. Southampton got promoted last season from the Women's National League Southern Premier Division. Would you say the championships, championship in terms of quality of play is a big jump for them?
1: Yeah, I think obviously they've got a lot of home, kind of I say homegrown, but you know internal talent, if you like, which has been developed in that team and they've kind of brought them through the leagues and... You know I think Marianne Spacey kales kind of kept loyal to those players, and I think they only made you know three changes or something like that, or fielded three debutants at the weekend. Um, so you know that I think the focus is in um you know keeping those players who brought them up, giving them a real opportunity in the championship. Um, it's difficult to judge, obviously. The southern the southern southern league of tier three is particularly strong, but you know, Southampton they didn't run away with it. Obviously, Ipswich pushed them hard, but you know, they were head and shoulders, uh, you know, above a lot of the teams who they played. But, um, you know, the signed quality players, Katie Wilkinson's a, a former top scorer in that league. You know, I think they signed a centre-back who scored 19 goals in 55 games, which is pretty good going for a defender, to be honest. So, you know, they've, I think they've brought in some good experience, some good players who they're going to be able to develop. Um, it might just take a little bit of time. Let's not forget as well that they're playing against a full-time Charlton side who you know, themselves found it tough last year and are coming back for another shot at it this year. So, you know, there's there's the St Mary's factor as well to look at. You know, they might need to get used to playing in a big stadium. I think they played at Tottenham last year, which, you know, is a much, much smaller arena. Um, So, yeah, bigger crowds, bigger standard, bigger stage. Um, It might just take a little bit of time, but that was, on paper, that was always a difficult game on Saturday. So, you know, I don't think we should write ourselves that knock just yet and you know I think they've got a real shot at the top half of the table if not a little bit higher. I
0: completely agree and our Sunday field fixture list started off with a big north east derby. Durham hosted Sunderland and it finished 1-1 with both both goals taking place in the first half. Now Daniel you, you were actually there Sunday if I'm correct. Did the score sheet reflect the game?
1: Yeah it's a, it's a funny one because Durham went full-time over the summer. Sunderland are still part-time other than The coaching team who are now on full time terms. Um, I I think the first place to start really is I think it was one thousand six hundred and sixty eight fans. You know, for a championship game is magnificent off the back of the summer. I think the you know the northeast has is a bit of a hotbed for for football anyway. So you know, regardless of the Euros, I think that Durham would have had a good crowd for that game anyway. But you know, what a fantastic packed out crowd and you know great atmosphere for an advert for the northeast. But yeah, the game itself, Durham took the lead, Sunderland came straight back and it was a battle more than, you know, maybe a quality football match. It was kind of your typical opening day of the season. I think Durham will get better, but you know what, I'm I'm, I'm always quite impressed and, you know, I enjoy watching Sunderland. You know, the, the, they haven't got the biggest names in the championship in the squad, but their coach, Mel Ray, gets their team kind of really well set out. They're, they're defensively very good to watch and I think they've got some good attacking talent in the team this year. So, you know, I, th- I think they were good value for the point yesterday. And, you know, I'd, this, this weekend, they've got the Stadium Alight as well when they play Birmingham and that's going to be kind of its own little project or, you know, kind of event in itself. You're going to have all the people watching the men's game and then it's going to be a bit of a challenge to see how many stay in the stadium and watch the women's game. You know, you could have anything between you know a handful or anything up to maybe 30 40,000 so that's going to be really really interesting this weekend
0: yeah which you would you would hope people would stay stay around for it wouldn't you because that crowd to play in front of just creates a whole new atmosphere and a whole new it just it just makes it more exciting for them it gives them gives them more purpose to win kind of thing
1: i mean i'd, I'd love to see people stay because you know as I, as i was saying Sunderland have, you know, got a great team. You know, they're not going to win the championship. They're not going to challenge for promotion, but they're very, very well drilled. They work so, so hard. And, um, you know, they'll give Birmingham a a game at the weekend. Birmingham will be favourites, but, you know, you you kind of feel that, you know, they they deserve the backing of the fans because they'll give them absolutely everything. Um, You know, you look at the game, if Sunderland men's team lose to Norwich and, you know, it's a bit of a bad game will all the fans decide they're not staying and they go home. If Sunderland win, will that have the opposite impact? It's it's difficult to say, but you'd like to see that if this little kind of experiment comes off, you know, whether some of the other clubs across the pyramid try something similar.
0: They've got Birmingham this weekend and they were actually at home to Lewis this Sunday. Game ended nil-nil. How disappointing of a result is that for Birmingham, considering they just got relegated obviously from the WSL this last season?
1: You know what, I think we saw it last year with some of the results on the opening day. I don't think you can read an awful lot into them. I think teams are still getting into the stride. I think Birmingham signed something like six or seven players. Lewis had signed a similar number. Um, You had the factor where the Lewis boss, Scott Booth, was in charge of Birmingham last season. So there's always that potential banana skin that they go back to the former club and get, get a win and kind of spice things up. So on paper, you would have thought that Birmingham could have won that game. I think they had probably the better chances. Um, but then, you know, Lewis, they're, they're in this league for a reason. And again, they're not a side who are probably going to challenge for promotion this year, but you know, what Scott's doing there is, is, is interesting. You know, he's, he's bringing in players maybe from outside of the club's kind of usual radar, Um, you know, and, and it's a kind of wait and see with them, you know, it could go really well and they overachieve, you know, it, it might be a difficult job, but, you know, I think for, for Birmingham, it's about getting momentum and, you know, it's it's a point. They've got to look at it as a point and build on that. Um, you know, Sunderland is a winnable game, the next game. Um, and, you know, Birmingham signed really well this summer. It might just take them a little bit of time to gel and, you know, get things going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's some great, great signings this summer. They had like Charlotte Devlin on loan from Leicester. I think they got Ashley Hudson from, from Liverpool. So it might just take time for them to integrate gel, like you said, And hopefully we can see Birmingham push on for some some better results later in the season. Um, More action in the Championship anyway. Saffron Jordan's goal in the first half of stoppage time was enough for Blackburn to see off Sheffield United. Goals from Jessica Woolley and Isabella Sibley gave Bristol City and Crystal Palace 1-0 away wins at Coventry United and London City. Dan, not many goals in the Championship. What are your thoughts on the first weekend back?
1: Very tight. Very tight. As you say, not many goals. Um, you know, I thought Coventry United. I think Lee Birch there's brought in you know 11 players last week, he's had a virtually a brand new squad to work with, and you know, they only went down one nil. So, you know, it shows that anybody who thinks that a part time team with a brand new squad and a manager who kind of juggles the budget kind of you know, historically might struggle. It's it, you know, I think they've proven that they can be competitive, and you know, they're, they're not automatically relegation candidates at this stage. Um, You know, London City and Palace was a a great game. Two teams who could be up there fighting for promotion and so important for Palace to get that victory. Um, And I think for me, Blackburn maybe put a little bit of a cat amongst the pigeons because I thought they were lacking some senior um, players coming into the club in the summer and you know, I kind of thought they might have been down there battling relegation. Obviously, they could be, but you know, to get a win on the opening day of the season at Ewood Park as well is um, is big for them. So, you know, it was a brilliant weekend of action. Again, talking about it from a fan perspective, you know, yeah, you might not have got many goals, but on the other side of it, you got entertainment. It was very, very close. If you were sat in any one of those grounds, it was, you know, you were guaranteed a game to be played over the full ninety minutes. You know, there was there was no walkover, which was. A really, really great advert for the league, I think.
0: Absolutely. It's just good. As a fan, to have women's football back, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. I'm loving it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, onto the National League North. Last season's beaten playoff off finalist Wolves could only start with a 1-1 draw away at newly promoted Liverpool Feds. Another newly promoted side, Bolmer St Michael's, were thrashed 7-1 at home by Huddersfield with hat-tricks from Kate Marlin and Laura Elford. Notts Suarez also started off the season strongly with a 6-0 away win at West Brom. In Division 1, Newcastle beat Mersey Rail Ladies 4-1, down a first win for Newcastle after becoming part of the Premier League club for the first time. Are you excited to see them play this season?
1: I am, but I feel like it's it's official now, but I think it was kind of in the wheels were in motion last season. I think the players have signed. Are the players who are going to kind of run away with the league? I, I don't know. I think give it a little bit of time and... You know, I think first and foremost, they however they do it, they need to get out of that league and into, what will it be, tier three, um, you know, and, and compete in there and see where it takes them. Um, you know, are, are they kind of set up as well as Southampton were when they've flew, flown through the league? Um, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it's exciting time. Obviously, what was it, 20, 20-something thousand at St James's Park for a game last season. Hopefully they'll get something similar for another game this year um and see where it takes them. But yeah, it's it's exciting to see another club. I I suppose my opinion doesn't kind of sit well with everybody, but if you're willing to invest and willing to pay the money in the league, then you know, rightly or wrongly, you deserve a shot at higher up in the divisions. And you know, if they're going for Super League, then then good luck for them.
0: Absolutely. And there's there's some big good quality teams in, in division one. You've got Leeds and, and Middlesbrough, do you think they'll be the biggest threat to Newcastle maybe this season?
1: Possibly. Um you know, I, th- I, th- I think Middlesbrough aside, who came down last year, so you'd like to think that, um, you know, they've got the strength and, you know, obviously the local connections as well maybe drives them on a little bit in terms of a local rival. So, yeah, you'd hope to see Middlesbrough there. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other good clubs in there who, who won't want to be making up the numbers as well.
0: Yeah, and now on to the South Division. Milton King's kicked off with a 6-1 away win at Crawley Wasps. Ipswich, who were top 4 A lot of last season started off with a 3-0 home defeat to Portsmouth. Down the South is looking a lot more wide open this season in terms of of who might finish top.
1: I like Watford. I must admit, they went down last year. And, you know, I was critical maybe of the players that they signed and maybe the way that they played that final game against Coventry United when they kind of went out for a draw rather than a win. But they've signed really, really well this summer. Bianca Baptiste is... A phenomenal player for for tier three. Um, my my only thought is why didn't they do it twelve months ago? These are players who, if they'd have got them in the championship, would they have been fighting relegation, you know, almost as badly as they they had to? Um, you know, possibly not. So, you know, it's maybe making up for lost time there, Watford. But I think they'll be competitive. Um, obviously Ipswich will be there. I think Oxford will be quite strong. Um, you know, it'll be a strong league. Portsmouth as well as another club who seem to really back their their, their women's team, they've already had a game at Fratton Park this year and I think they've got a, a huge attendance for that. So, yeah, very, very competitive and, you know, you know who knows there, but I'm going to sit my neck out and say Watford.
0: Wow, you hit, heard it here first. If uh, Watford get it, it's all, all from Dan Pentland. Um, now, Dan, obviously one of the main things that we need to speak about, I don't know if you've seen, or I'm pretty sure you probably would have seen in the last hour or two, it's actually come out that Ellen White has retired from football. Now, we're not crying. You all are. It's, a, it's an end of an era. It's a Lioness legend. What are your thoughts on it?
1: I think it's the right time. It's absolutely the right time. Um, you know, she played an important part of the Euros, but you kind of felt in those games that, you know, she was playing for the first hour before Russo was coming on. And, you know, you, you kind of felt that maybe your time was coming to an end. It felt like, you know, the threat that she'd maybe been in past tournaments wasn't quite the same threat in the Euros, although obviously she was a great asset because with her on the pitch, we won won the, the tournament. So, you know, she was definitely a key member of the 23-player squad. But, yeah, it feels like it's the right time. Obviously, at City, Bunny Shaw's stepped up and she's going to be the the main star, I think, this year. So, again, game time might have been limited for Ellen. So, you know, she's had a fantastic career. I think it's something like 10 trophies at club level um -hmm. titles um obviously she's a euros winner with england you know she's she's done well at past world cups as well um and she's our record goal scorer so you know if there's any way of going out that's that's the way to bow out i suppose but yeah i'm not overly surprised i I did kind of feel at the end of the euros that you know she'd given everything but you know maybe it's time for a new era
0: yeah like you said she's she's definitely gone out in style what a legend i'm I'm sure she'll be massively missed to the Lioness changing rooms. And she capped 130 times. She's hung up her boots with a huge array of domestic club honours. But it was obviously with England that her name was truly made. She is a legend that will be hugely missed in the women's game. Dan, that was the weekend roundup. That is all we've got time for this on, on this week's episode. Um, Dan, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been an that absolute pleasure all things championship and football with you subscribe to us via all good podcasting platforms and also give us a follow on social media at twfp1 on twitter and the women's football podcast on instagram and we'll see you next week